Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, thank you. 
and welcome to the George Wilder Thank you, and welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Brand new week of uh, interesting things going on. Uh, as you, as I've just said, I'm broadcasting out of the city of Chicago. Um, <laughs> it's always great. Uh, some people have said, well, you've got the finest internet radio show, maybe even over-the-air radio show in the city of Chicago. And I always thank people because I... I love to hear the feedback, negative feedback, whatever. I mean, I've been doing the show a long time, you know, and uh, it never gets old. It's old. Every time I sit down here <laughs> at the mic is like my first time, you know, I'm wondering what the hell am I going to say now? But anyway, there's always something to talk about. I mean, there is something to talk about. My guest today, uh, tonight, this evening, whatever, is Rocky Romanella, okay, author and uh i do support authors i said i say that all the time i support them I, of course they're on the show and i do sometimes i do i read their books and sometimes i you know even go and give them a review i try to give whenever i give a book review i try to give a positive review i don't want to give negative reviews i don't want to give one or two or even three star reviews i want to give you a, either a four and a half or a five star review so before I review a book that I think is bad, I would contact the author and I would say, hey, wow, you got you got some work to do on this book. I don't want to give you a bad review. So, you know, you know even though I've been told several times that reviews uh, basically do not sell books, what sell books are, is, are, whatever. <laughs> um, that's why I have a spell check, grammar check. Um, is the content of the book and the um, cover, you know. So um, I'm wishing everybody a happy Halloween. You know, stay safe on Halloween. Um, it'll be over and done, you know, so stay safe and everything. And uh, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, of course. And on this day... And probably every day after, there's going to be somebody in the White House affiliated with the White House indicted. Indicted. Today we had Paul Metaphor and his campaign manager um, uh, indicted today. Uh, you know, and. Um, and that's a good thing. Everybody was hoping it was Donald Trump. Even I was hoping it was Donald Trump. But hey, wow! Well, give 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 uh, Special Counsel uh, Bob Mueller Mueller, give him some time and and uh, see where the money uh, see where the money trail takes us. You know, so I don't. It's not over by a long shot. This investigation into Russia meddling into the 2016 elections. It's not over by a long shot. These are probably big or small fish, whatever. I'm I'm thinking small, small fish because we still got the big ones in the house. You know, I mean, it doesn't uh, it doesn't take too many people to realize that Trump has something to do with it. I mean, these people were on his team. They were on his team. And and another thing, we haven't seen Trump's tax reform. He won't show his taxes. His taxes may well um, include money 
ill-gotten gains from Russia. We haven't seen that. So uh, the Republicans in Congress, they can confiscate his, uh, they can expose his taxes, but they are, you know, aiding and abetting Donald Trump. And so we're just going to have to see where this goes. It was great to learn that somebody was actually in handcuffs. Bob Mueller, I mean, not Bob Mueller, but Paul Metafort and uh, his campaign manager, they were in handcuffs. And there are photographs showing this uh, on a uh, reputable uh, news site. You know, I don't deal with fake news, not on the George Wilder Jr. show. And I don't deal with liars coming on the George Wilder Jr. show, you know, because, you know, just uh, you, you, you would believe this. You couldn't believe this. But a lot of people think that in America, think because Donald Trump lies and get away with it, with it, that they can lie and get away with it. Well, the president does it so I can lie because the president does it, you know. I've got a glimpse of some of some of the people who are supporters of of uh, Donald Trump. They <laughs> these people look like they just walked up out of the sewer. Uh, the, this is this is what this is the kind of support that he has. People are uneducated. They're getting more Obamacare than any than any one of us. They're on food stamps. They're on welfare. Some might be homeless. Some might be sleeping in the streets. You know, uh, but they're uneducated because that's what Donald Trump said at one of his rallies before he became actual president that he loves the that he loves the uneducated. And Lord have mercy, that is what he's got. These people, I, I mean, I I've seen it before two or three times, but I recently saw a picture of uh, Donald Trump supporters. Uh, majority of them are white supremacists, racists, like he is, of course, and they were out there defending their president, their KKK member in the White House. And a lot of these people, they they do look, even the news media, some of the uh, reputable news media on television and, and every press, they show pictures of Donald Trump supporters and they look like they have slept in the garbage can. You know, but they're racist. They and, and they're getting more uh, uh, vocal every day. You know, I mean, we have these hate groups all over the country now because of because of what we have in the White House. I mean, it's it's almost it's almost uh, re, um, frightful to walk down the street because you may, if you're African American, if you're Muslim, if you're Chinese or whatever, Filipino, whatever. Uh, you may get slimed or you, somebody may shout out of the car, shout at you from out of their car, calling you a racial name, epithet. You know, I mean, it's out there. I mean, with Donald Trump in the, uh, being president of the United States, I mean, anything can happen because he's a racist and, and he, uh, he, he ignited the underbelly of, uh, of America. But uh, do not fret, folks. Just because Donald Trump wasn't in handcuffs, he soon will be because he has to. There's no way that this guy can get away with this. I mean, he is a fake president. Russia interfered. He asked Russia to interfere with the election. He asked Russia to hand over 33,000 emails 
that belonged to Hillary, and they did. There's so much proof that Russia interfered with the 2016 election that Donald Trump and his staff are are adamantly lying about. I mean, what makes them think that Russia didn't interfere with the election when you have the CIA, the FBI, you have all of these agencies on these terror watches, all these experts saying and more agencies, more U.S. agencies saying the same thing that Russia hacked in, into the election. Russia uh, was involved in the 2016 elections. And then you have Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't know Jack. Why would you listen to this guy? This guy, he doesn't know anything. Only thing he knows how to do is obstruct. And believe me, the people in the White House, they are still crapping their pants because they do not know who will be next to end up in handcuffs. And I'm hearing that Paul Metaphor and his uh, and this guy, George Papadopoulos, Papa Papadopoulos, uh, may be doing, I mean, maybe doing some real, real time in jail. You know, if they don't, if, if probably if they don't cooperate. And Bob Mueller is probably saying, hey, wow, you guys don't want to spend, if you guys don't want to spend 15, 10 or 15 years in prison, then you better, you better give us the bigger fish. We, uh, because you, you just feel that these guys, they've done wrong and they've been caught. And you just feel that these guys are not going to go down without talking. It, this is almost like a movie, folks. And I love movies movies, especially <laughs> movies, uh, drama type and suspenseful, suspenseful movies like this. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a movie coming out of this. It's going to be probably a trilogy coming up <laughs> that's going to be uh, made on the, uh, possibly made on the Trump White House and all of this mess that he embroiled the United States in. It's a mess. All right, you've been listening to, to the George Wilder Jr. Show. My mouth isn't working. Um, you're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. And sometimes I call it WTTTY, 347857-1762. Rocky uh, Romanella uh, is scheduled to be on the show today. And there has been some really, really breaking news. We're probably going to be covering some of this all day, most of the time, most of the day, because that's what most people are talking about is the uh, indictments that were handed down by uh, special counselor, FBI director, Robert Mueller, indicting two affiliates to the Donald Trump campaign. And the Donald Trump campaign is coming out. Well, it's not about Donald Trump. It's not about Donald Trump. We don't know that. We do not know that. We don't know anything. Only time, only time we're going to know something is when Mueller comes out with more indictments. Uh, Donald Trump didn't go to jail. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump. If you listen, listen to Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders, if you listen to a lot of Donald Trump's ass kissers, they'll tell you that, well, it, 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 Donald Trump, uh, he's free. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump so far. Maybe not yet, but we don't know if more if more people around Donald Trump will be indicted. I have a feeling that more people will. You know, more people will. I don't, and another thing I want to say, I don't care 
how little the fish is. If if whoever has been indicted that has been within within close proximity or a part of the Trump team, they know something. Trump trying to say that he don't know anything about the people he, he works with, anything about the people that he chooses to run uh, whatever the, his campaign or the cabinet. That's, you know, he doesn't vet these people. Oh, he knows. Donald Trump is taking big money from Russia. That's one of the reasons why we don't see his taxes. And like I said before, I think, uh, matter of fact, I know because this investigation has not concluded yet. There is no conclusion to this investigation, so we know it's going to go on. We know more shoes are going to drop in this investigation. So, folks, um, get your popcorn, get ready, because this is going to be a wild ride. And, um, yeah, I do think that Trump is going to go down. A lot of us think he's going to go down. I think Trump is going to know, know he's going to go down because... Mueller, uh, Bob Mueller, the special counsel, FBI, uh, in charge of this, in charge of this investigation, he's not going to quit. He's brought us to the brink of nuclear war, obstructed justice at the FBI, and in direct violation of the Constitution, he's taken money from foreign governments and threatened to shut down news organizations that report the truth. If that isn't a case for impeaching and removing a dangerous president. And what has our government become? I'm Tom Steyer, and like you, I'm a citizen who knows it's up to us to do something. It's why I'm funding this effort to raise our voices together and demand that elected officials take a stand on impeachment. A Republican Congress once impeached a president for far less. Yet today, people in Congress and his own administration know that this president is a clear and present danger, who's mentally unstable and armed with nuclear weapons and they do nothing. Join us and tell your member of Congress that they have a moral responsibility to stop doing what's political and start doing what's right. Our country depends on it. I totally agree, man. That's Tom Steyer. He is an um, American citizen, just like you you and I, but he's putting, it, uh, he's putting up $10 million, $10 million of his own money during an interview with Politico that was posted online this week, White House advisor, White House aide, whatever you want to call her, White House spokesperson maybe, Kellyanne Conway, took a shot at her critics once again. She told Politico that her critic, critics were, quote, unhappy people with poison keyboards. I guess what she's trying to say is that they're a bunch of internet trolls going out there just saying mean old things to Kellyanne who really isn't doing anything wrong. She doesn't understand why people are being so mean and horrible to her these days. Now, according to this interview that she gave with Politico, she had explained to her children that, yeah, look, mommy's going to be doing this thing. People are going to come at her. It's going to be you know, pretty ugly sometimes, but just deal with it. To be honest, that is a very good thing to tell your children. Yeah, when you're in the public spotlight, there's going to be the naysayers. But... If she took the time to explain that to her children, maybe she should have taken the time to explain to her children that, hey, listen, mommy's going to have to go on TV and lie through her teeth to the American public about things that never happened. She is the one who came up with the term alternative facts. She's the one 
who invented the Bowling Green massacre that never happened. So I understand nobody likes to get criticized, but Kellyanne, you're inviting this on yourself. The people who criticize you, who call you out, are not unhappy people. I can tell you firsthand, I'm a very happy person. I love my life right now. But I will continue to criticize you anytime you feel the need to go on television and lie to the American public on behalf of Donald Trump. Anytime you make up a fake terrorist attack, we're going to be there, as will everybody else online. And it's not because we just dislike you. It's because we don't want you to continue to... <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this Trump administration, I think these guys and girls are nothing but liars. Sarah Bucket, Huckabee Sanders, I mean, the, the White House um, um, counselor, uh, she's, she's basically um, gives those press uh, briefings every morning every morning at the White House. I mean, this, I feel sorry for her. I wouldn't want her job. I would know how to get up and go out in, a fr in front of uh, 50, 60 or more reporters and the world and just lie through my teeth uh, or say something ridiculous or try to uh, pretend, like, pretend that it didn't happen or somehow defending Trump uh, when it's, not <laughs> defendable. She's, I mean, she's making her money, Jack. I mean, she's making her salary, whatever she's getting, because she comes out there and lies. I, I remember once watching her on The View, and Joy Behar looked at Sarah Huckabee Sanders and said, she said, I feel sorry for you. You have to go out there and lie for him every day. And that's the way I feel. I feel sorry for her. I, I feel sorry for um, Kellyanne Conway. She has to go out there and lie. She's worse than Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, this woman is just a flat-out liar, and she should be in handcuffs along with Donald Trump. And she may be. You never know. I mean, because like I just got through saying, folks, this investigation is going to... Um, Keep going until it nets the big fish. And the big fish is Donald Trump, Mike Pence, Paul Ryan. And I've had some people say that the election, the 2016 election, should be nullified. It should be a do-over. I don't think it should be nullified. I don't think it should be a do-over if these if Donald Trump and, and the rest of these guys and girls are indicted, I think that Hillary should just take the reins. You know, I think she should just, once, in, once Trump is indicted or maybe even Paul Ryan or, or, um, or Mike Pence, which I think they all are involved in some way, they got, you know, they have these high-priced lawyers that, that's going to get them off, they think that that's going to get them off. Um, I think that Hillary Clinton should uh, just um, start being president once it, it it's found out that this guy and I I believe I believe uh, that he's guilty as hell. Trump Trump 
acts as if he's guilty. <laughs> so you have to say he's guilty. You know, he acts as if he's guilty by obstructing, by lying, by trying to distract you or divert attention away from himself onto Hillary. I don't understand why every time he gets his ass in a knot, he brings up Hillary or Obama. <laughs> and he wonders why they aren't being investigated like he is. Donald, they did not collude with Russia. They did not have people on their team colluding and taking money from Russia. They did not have people on their team. You know, so, but he always tries to uh, <laughs> blame Hillary, Obama. I mean, it's a diversion tactic, and he's done it plenty of times before. And a lot of people say he's going to try and do another diversion to keep his job by starting a war. Wow, that's always possible because the man has enormous power as president of the United States. And um, hopefully uh, there's been talk about him blowing everybody up. <laughs> that's, that's possible. That's possible. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back. It's, we have a great week on the show, folks. It's going to, we have a whole slew of guests that are going to, going to be appearing, hopefully. You never know. But uh, at least they're both to be on the show. And uh, hey, wow, November is going to be a great month for the George Wilder Jr. Show. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate your time. Your time is yours. It's precious. And to give me a little bit of it, I really do appreciate it. I, I really do. And, and thank you for that. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow me, you can follow me right here on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Google. I'm all over the place, you know, so that's, you know, that's always a place where you can get in touch with me to give me some feedback or negative or positive. It, it's all good because I feed off negative uh, uh, feedback because it's because I want to be better. 
I want to always get better because it's all about making the world a better place one show at a time. And it's going to take all of us to do that. All righty. All right, you, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. George, it's Rocky. How are you? Rocky Romanella. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yes, you are, George. I'm calling back in to speak to you. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Oh, great, great. Thanks for, to, thanks for doing the show, man. And uh, you're going to be talking about tightening the lug nuts? What do you I, exactly? Tighten uh, the lug nuts? Yes. But look, babe, before yeah, we do that, yeah. George, so uh, you a uh, yeah. Cubs or a White Sox fan? So which one are you, uh, Cubs or White Sox? Uh Cubs, Cubs. I used to be a White Sox fan. That's why I hesitated a little bit. I used to be <laughs> a White Sox fan. But basically, I'm just a, a sports fan and, uh, you know, but I'm leaning more towards Cubs because these guys are awesome. They're awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Mets fan, but I will say when I'm not rooting for the Mets, I absolutely root for the Cubs and Blackhawks. I'm a Chicago rooter after New York Oh. And so I enjoy watching the yeah. Cubs. I like the, watching the uh, like like the Blackhawks. So like even though the Bears are struggling, although I think they got one more win than the Giants. But uh, I was curious uh, as to whether you were. I feel, so I'm sorry about your Cubbies, but I think they got a great team and a great manager. I'm not sorry. I think they gave us a great ride. I think they, I mean the fans are as enthusiastic as ever. You know, I think they have a great manager. I think they have a great. Uh, 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 a team uh, uh, in management and, and everything else, and but you know there's always next year. I, I mean these young guys, they have talent, and I've I've always said that, and uh, uh, they've they have made us proud, you know, you know. So go yeah, Cubbies next year. <laughs> go Cubbies, yeah. Fun yeah, they are. Watch, they were. Sure. So, so uh, George, you, as always, you're making the world a little better place one episode or one hour at a time so uh how are things going for you rocky i i appreciate you asking all of that but we're we're it's about you and not about me <laughs> it's about you and uh i love talking to you yeah i i know and i understand it and i i i appreciate it but uh i would want I would like to hear more about your book. We would like to hear more about your book and more about you, if that's okay. Well, thank you, George. So the book, yeah, thanks, okay. my friend. The book's, the book's called, uh, as you said, Tighten the Lug Nuts. And uh, it's a book mm-hmm. I wrote really with uh, – I, I wanted to take – I wanted to take – I retired, as you know, from UPS after 36 years and then took a role yeah. as a CEO in, in another company. And so uh, I guess the one thing I struggle with is retirement, George. I was really struggling mm-hmm. with this retirement thing, but I've been keeping myself mm-hmm. busy. And I wanted to write a book that you know, was a way to kind of thank my dad, who's since passed, for the wonderful things he taught me as a child growing up and recognize my wife, who's been such a great mentor, uh, supporter through my adult life. And so the book started out as a way to to kind of recognize them and uh, and say thank you to them for all the wonderful things and all the wonderful um support they've given me throughout my life and my career. And I really started to have a lot of fun writing it. And it was a way for me, I yeah. think leadership 
is all I think leadership's all about legacy. Do you leave the place a little better do you leave the place a little better than you found it? Are people better because of their time with you? Uh, are your customers yeah. better because of their engagement with you? I look at you, for example, your legacy is your listeners are a little bit better when you're, when they listen to your show, you know, and I think that's legacy and that's what legacy is all about. And so the book gave me a chance to kind of prolong that legacy a little bit and maybe give back to, uh, to individuals who read the book and maybe they can have the, their aha moments mm -hmm. and, it reinforces some of the things that they're doing and, and maybe there's some things that can help them in their personal life or their professional life. So, so the book is really a kind of a tribute to my dad and my wife and a little bit about the legacy and some of the lessons that I learned along the way. Are you trying to say it's some, something like a semi memoir or autobiography or. <laughs> yeah, in some ways. I mean, there's a main character in the uh -huh. book. I think as you read the book, it's a it's a fun book to read. A lot of stories. I like to tell a lot mm -hmm. of stories. I think I don't think people like to be lectured or preached to. Or it, it, so I yeah. there's a fictional character that I use throughout my career. His name is Joe Scaffone. And um, so whenever we were at a meeting, George and some yeah Joe, whenever we were at a meeting and someone would ask me a question or present to me a new idea, I I, I never felt comfortable saying, well you know George, I would do it differently or maybe you should look at it a different way. I always felt like that maybe mm -hmm. that would cut off conversation and so I instead I would say hey George what would Joe do you think Joe would think that's a good idea you, you know and we would joke and smile about it <laughs> yeah. but it was a way for me to yeah. challenge people in a positive way and have them kind of mm -hmm. not stop at the first right answer and maybe challenge themselves to be a little bit better or look at it a little bit differently so Joe Scaffone throughout my career has been this person who anyone associated with me would smile and say, yeah, yeah, I know Joe, you know, I've already talked to Joe. Joe thinks it's a good idea. And so I wrote the book with, with as Joe Scaffone as the main character. And to your point, yeah, I talked a little bit about the lessons I learned, experiences I had throughout my career in a fun, I think yeah. entertaining way, but a way, a way that yeah. could help people. And I think both in their personal life and their professional life. Yeah, that's uh, as you probably know. I'm also a writer, and I can't, I couldn't write a word if I didn't have fun doing it. it you just gotta have fun doing it. If even if it's dramatized or it's you know satirized, you have to have whether it's fiction or nonfiction. You gotta have fun doing what you're doing, or because I I always say if you have fun writing what whatever you're writing, then the the reader will have fun reading it. Well, I think it comes through, right, in, in your writing. Yeah. People sense yeah. you're enjoying yourself, or and it comes through. And if it comes through, then I think it becomes contagious, right? You enjoyed writing it. They enjoy reading it. And, yeah, I think it brings a smile to people's faces. So, I, to me, that's the – you know, it's funny, George. Uh, since the book's been out in February, it's been well-received. It's it's really doing okay. well. But right. I've got some – I've got some really great comments back. I mean, some people have emailed me and said, hey, I read the book and put the book down and thought of my dad. And I thought about, well, you know, I, I had some really good experiences with my dad as well. And I think that's wonderful. Whereas someone, you know, I got one the other day, an email that said, hey, my dad's passed as well. But I think back and I think, wow, we, we really had a, a great relationship. And, you know, I, I think about him differently. It, to me, that's a great, con that's just a great feeling that someone would think that way about their parents or their relationships they had as a child growing up. I think that's pretty cool that, that, that that's an unintended consequence of the book. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool too. I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, when you can share the, the, those great moments with your parents and um, I, I think that's beautiful. One other question is, 
what does the title mean? I mean, when I when I read the title, Tighten the Luck Nugs, I'm, I'm thinking about a tire on my car, <laughs> you know. So what is the meaning behind Tighten the Luck Nugs, the title? Did you choose well, the title? Think, well, I, yes, I did. And and it's a story that I often told, but it, but you're not far off. Okay. So, uh, I was out in one of my, you know, I love to walk around my operations and talk to people and get to see how everyone's doing. And uh, we had a problem in one of our facilities and I was going out and doing my walk and I was looking for the automotive supervisor to talk to him about a specific problem we had that I needed his help with. And I felt, you know, it was going to be one of those motivational visits on my way to finding him. I noticed that one of the vehicles had loose lug nuts. And so I went over oh, and checked, okay. and sure enough, they were loose. And that happens all the time because of vibration and stuff yeah. like that. And so as I'm walking to yeah. meet him, I said to him, hey, look, I got this opportunity. It, I got a problem that I, I know you can fix. You're the right person for it. I'll help you any way I can. But let's get this fixed. I need someone to be the best. Why not you? But before you get to that, hey, there's a vehicle over there with loose lug nuts. And he's like, okay, I got it. And then he starts, well, you know, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? I said, okay. You know, whatever help you need, I'll come back in a few days and we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about how it's going. So I come back in a few days, George, and I'm looking for him. I can't find him. And I said to his manager, Hey, where's so and so? And he said, Oh, he's in the office. He's got a problem. So I walk in the office and he looks completely disheveled. And I said to him, What's going on? He said, oh, I got no luck. Never, nothing ever goes my way. And, you know, I said, what happened? He said, well, you know, I got a call from the driver and he can't move the vehicle because the front wheel is about to fall off. I said, well, didn't you tighten the lug nuts? He said, well, no. I said, well, I told you they were loose the other day. He said, well, you know, I got <laughs> tied up on that thing you told me to do. And so the lesson in the story is when the, loose nut, when the lug nuts were loose and I identified them, for him, they were important. But they became urgent when he didn't tighten them. And in life, you can only yeah. handle so many yeah. urgent things. And so if you think about it, if you tighten the lug nuts, and you don't allow important things to become urgent. You know, and I it hurt. Yeah. I was listening to yeah. the, you know, I was listening to the I was listening to the show a little while ago, and you know, look, politics today is tougher on both. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. But if you think about it for a second, all those years that the Republicans weren't in office, those were loose lug nuts that they could have been fixing or putting together plans. Now they're in. Now they're in power, and they can't come up with answers to all these problems. Right? The Democrats right. today are not in power, but. They got loose lug nuts too, and someday if they come back into power, they're going to be sitting there saying, "Well, you don't understand. We got a lot to do. I can't believe they all want to do all this stuff." Well, these are all loose lug nuts. Tighten the lug nuts. Take care of things when they're important, because if you allow important things to become urgent, you can only handle so many urgent things. And so that's where the story comes from. Tighten the lug nuts. Yeah, and it's also saying that uh, uh, take care of a task before. It- before it be actually become uh, dangerous, you know, take care of it before it uh, starts to be disastrous, you know. So in a oh, way, absolutely. tighten it like exactly. that, you know. Tighten right, like and, then, and then once once the, once the disaster happens, then all of a sudden you got to stop yeah. doing what you're doing, and now now you become off plan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a great book, man. I mean, <laughs> can, do you have an excerpt that you can share? A small excerpt. What? Yeah, I think to me one of the uh one of the really fun ones in there is is this whole concept of that simple acts of kindness 
are so important in yeah. leadership today. I think yeah. that, you yeah. know, sometimes we don't take the time to just say hello and, you know, and thank you and I appreciate all you're doing. And so the book starts off with this whole concept that, you know, simple acts of kindness are, are so important. And of course, there's the yeah. loose lug nut story that's in there. And then the last one, I'll give you a quick, a quick one is that, you know, sometimes we, once we're challenged and then we're put in these positions where, you know, we didn't take care of what we needed to take care of and now we're being pushed, we find ourselves losing ourselves and who we are. In other words, you know, I feel like I have to be something I'm not. So now all of a sudden I'm not a disciplinarian, but now I feel like I have to be a disciplinarian. And once you start Mm -hmm. losing your identity, then people, you don't recognize yourself and your people don't recognize you. And I think it's so yeah. important that that you try to stay as as often as you can, as long as you can. And I talk about this fact that leadership isn't about a title. Leadership isn't about you know a, a position that you have. You know, some of the greatest leaders in the world are teachers. You know, because if you think about it, George, I could say to a whole group of people, I was just gave a a, a talk few weeks ago and it had to be four or 500 people in the room and you, and you look and you say, well, think about leadership from this perspective. If I asked all of you in the room, you know, who your congressman is or congresswoman is or who your senator is from your state, mo- most of you couldn't tell me and they're all nodding their head. Yeah, that's true. But if I yeah. said to you, who is that teacher that made a difference in your life? Everybody could stop and they all start to smile. They think about, oh, my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. So-and-so, or my fifth grade teacher, (laughs) you know, everybody has that teacher who makes a difference in their life. Well, that's what leadership's about. Do you make a difference in people's lives or do you take that mentoring role? It's not about a title of CEO or manager. It's, it's, it's the individual that makes a difference in someone's life. And that's what the book really talks a lot about is, do you make a difference? Are things better because of you? Do you, you know, do you make a, you know, we're yeah. talking about sports before. Are you that player on the team? Like they used to talk about Michael Jordan. Everybody in the team was better because of Michael Jordan. So not only was he a great player, yeah. Yeah. everybody around him became a better player. And I think that's what you want to be, that type of person that makes yeah. everyone around you better, makes situations better. And that's, and I think that's, we talk a lot about, I talk a lot about that in the book and that becomes your legacy then that people are better because of their time with you. So that's, I think that's why the book transcends just le- just business. It's really about being a good person. And i get a lot of people who read the book mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I gave it to my, I gave it to my son or daughter in college and said, this would be a good book for you to read. And, you know, or teachers yeah. love them. Well, I get great comments from teachers because I talk a lot about teachers and how important they are. So, yeah. Wow, that's great. Rocky Romanella on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Are you planning on writing another book? I mean, have you caught the writer's book so far? Yeah, yeah. you know, when I started to jot down some notes, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. well, you know, George, being a writer, I mean, you know, yeah. you're always a little nervous. How, how's the first one going to go? I mean, I tell people all yeah. the time, as you probably went through, day one of writing is the hardest because you're looking at a piece of paper thinking, do I got enough to write? And is anybody going to read it? You know what I mean? So once I got <laughs> past that and really started to write and have some fun with it, and then it's been well received, the book is available on Amazon yeah. and Barnes and yeah. Noble and you can, or, or on our website, but it's been well received. I get a lot of great comments. I, uh, okay. I've done some book signings in Atlanta, San Diego. Wow. I'm working with, uh, well, actually, I'm working with Shinola now, the watch company in Detroit, to do some signings in their stores. So it's it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I, yeah, so the answer is yes. I've kind of gotten that bug, and I started to jot down my notes on book number two. And I'm and 
and I think it'll center around a lot of the questions I get asked about different things that happen in people's lives as leaders that I've been trying to help them with. And then, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, for me, it's what's the next story, you know, right? Because as I said to you before, it's written from a perspective of just a character, Joe Scaffone. Now I've got to decide yeah. how do I, do I write the second one in the character or do I just, you know, do I do it in a different way? So, so I'm in that early stages right now, but yeah, I got, I got the bug there. Oh, that's great. I've I've had it for a long time. Uh, tell us where we can go find a book. You said Amazon. You mentioned Amazon. You mentioned a website. Tell us uh, where yeah, we can go find yeah. a book. Go ahead, right ahead. Yeah, our book is, so the book is, you can definitely find it on our website. It's www. It's the number three, and then the word yeah. 60, S-I-X-T-Y, managementservices.com. You can learn a little bit about my me and the book. And you can order from uh-huh. our website. And then, of course, it's yeah. bar- on Amazon and uh, and then BarnesandNoble.com. They're both on the Internet, uh, on the web, I should say. Uh, and uh, we can order them there. And I've uh, been doing a lot of uh, – been doing some keynote speaking. And uh, been do- you know what yeah. I've been doing? It's been pretty uh, – a lot of fun of these – I'm calling them lunch and learns now where companies yeah. will buy the book for 20 or 30 or whatever number of people. And I get on the phone and do an hour – kind of conversation with them about the book. And then if you, because one wow. of the things that's great about the book, it's, it's written at the end of each chapter or some like summaries and a lesson for on each chapter. And so we'll pick and choose. Like, for example, two weeks ago, I did one with a company that was more on the sales side. So we talked about acting yeah. like, a, you know, thinking like a customer, what does that mean? And then I did one a few weeks ago with a company that's really talking about values and ethics we talked a little bit about that whole simple acts of kindness and wow. what it means to be a leader and how you leave a legacy. So I enjoy that as well. Cause it's, you know, you, you know, if, if I can get there, and sometimes it's tough from a geography point of view to get there. I'm living in yeah. Jersey. It's not always easy, but if I can get there, <laughs> of course I'd come visit you in Chicago in a heartbeat, my friend, if you want, if you had a, a couple things to do there, let me know. But uh, I love Chicago. It's one of I my favorite let you cities. Know. So, yeah, yeah but, I'll uh, let you know. So that's been that's been, a, that's been a lot of that's been a lot of fun though. That's it's been a lot of fun to do yeah. those kind of things. So I feel like you can there's a lesson involved. You can make a difference and you can help some people. So to me, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, Rocky Romanella, thanks for being on the show, man. You were great. We're gonna check out your book and plenty of success. Hey, it's a great Christmas gift. The great stocking stuffer book. I can tell you that. All right. All right, George, take You too. All right, Rocky Romanello on the George Wilder Jr. Show. We will do this, folks, and let's see what, what we have here. Hey, happy Halloween to everybody out there at the sound of my voice. It's, it's going to be, a, hopefully, a, it will be a safe Halloween for everybody. And um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, right the George Wilder Jr. Show has now arrived.
White House Press Secretary. This is a quote from her. She's indicted campaign members had nothing to do with Trump. Give me a break. She's saying that Paul metaphor and his metaphor and his um campaign manager who were indicted today, they were in court in handcuffs saying that these two people who were a part of, of Trump's campaign, she's going to say that this has nothing to do with Trump. Okay, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders on Monday shrugged off news of criminal charges against several members of President Donald Trump's campaign, arguing, she's arguing, they had nothing to do with the president or the activities of the campaign. That's a blatant lie. That's a blatant lie. I mean, just as I say, it's a lie. And she doesn't, she doesn't do a good job of it. But she, but you know, it, it sounds like she's talking about. She doesn't. I mean, these people were close, close confidants. Donald Trump. Donald Trump knew about their activities. Donald Trump. Uh, it had a lot to do with Trump. Anytime somebody is on your team and they're accused of treason, they're accused of wrongdoing. Uh, it has something to do with the guy at the top. It has something to do with Donald Trump. So this is a bunch of crap. Uh, that she, okay, Manafort, who was indicted Monday on charges that included money laundering and concealing concealing lobbying for Russia, pro-Russia groups, was hired to manage uh, Trump's campaign, the delegate process, and was dismissed not long after that. He was fired by Trump. Uh, I mean, this is this is what they do in the White House. They lie through their teeth. And and they us to believe it. I mean, these these people were in Trump's um, part of his campaign, part of his team. Uh, they were close uh, commandants to to uh, Donald Trump. And then she's gonna say it has nothing to do with Donald Trump, as if Donald Trump did not know about any of their uh, any of this criminal empire. Or enterprise, give me a break. I mean, I just had to. I, I just had to say, let me talk about this. I mean, this is crazy because she's lying. Obviously, uh, the reporters that she was talking to and the world did not believe her. I, I don't know. She's totally, totally not credible. But she keeps spitting out those lies. As I've said before, I guess she's getting a pretty good paycheck you know, to tell lies like this. And um, yeah, she's uh, <laughs> she's something else. She's telling lies through her teeth, you know, and uh, it, it's, it's weird that these people can get up in front of millions and millions and millions of Americans and lie through their teeth and do it with a smile on their face saying, I'm smart and you're ignorant. I mean, this is just crazy. 
but this is what's happening. Billionaire what? uh, philanthropist and activist uh, okay. Tom Steyer is uh, back with an ad that he has produced uh, calling for Donald Trump's impeachment. And he wanted to put it on a place where he knew that Trump would, would see it. And so, of course, he chose Fox and Friends. Uh, let's see what it looks like. He's brought us to the brink of nuclear war, obstructed justice at the FBI, and in direct violation of the Constitution. He's taken money from foreign governments and threatened to shut down news organizations that report the truth. If that isn't a case for impeaching and removing a dangerous president, then what has our government become? I'm Tom Steyer, and like you, I'm a citizen who knows it's up to us to do something. It's why I'm funding this effort to raise our voices together and demand that elected officials take a stand on impeachment. A Republican Congress once impeached a president for far less, yet today, People in Congress and his own administration know that this president is a clear and present danger who's mentally unstable and armed with nuclear weapons, and they do nothing. Join us and tell your member of Congress that they have a moral responsibility to stop doing what's political and start doing what's right. Our country depends on it. So if you thought that the president might not have seen that because he was doing some important government type stuff, you haven't been paying attention this year. Yes, he watched it. He immediately tweeted about it. Wacky and totally unhinged Tom Steyer, who has been fighting me and my Make America Great Again agenda from beginning, never wins elections, which is a direct response to the charges later. It's not. So look, he's pushing for that. He's, I guess, able to. I'm surprised that Fox actually ran the ad in the first place. Uh, I have recently read just this week that their ad revenue is down 17%. So it's possible that they They can be less choosy about the ads. But Fox and Friends is a popular show, I think, at least in the White House. It polls very well. And um, so they decided to run that. Now, Fox and Friends audience was not happy. They were deluged with uh, a torrent of tweets and uh, comments on the, the articles about it saying that they had been taken over by commies and Jews and that's why they were doing this, that they were just in it for the money. Mm-hmm. And this, man, audiences really expect uh, consistency in a message because if there's anybody who has earned, for better or worse, protection from the charge that they're not <laughs> sufficiently exactly. pro-Trump, isn't it Fox and Friends at this point? Like well, they've done nothing but help him and praise him for a year. But they run this one ad and people are leaving their show. They're not watching anymore. Yeah, I don't believe them anyway. Yeah, I don't believe them. Look, uh, that's why they were probably particularly angry. They're like, this is a bubble. You're not supposed to allow Mm -hmm. opposing viewpoints into this bubble. It really disturbs us. But people who huff and puff and say they're going to leave, I mean, just check the comments below. (laughs) Okay, they never leave. (laughs) They're like, oh, next time. You do this again, but no, there's a lot of like, I'm gonna change the channel. To what? To reality? Like, good luck with that, buddy. I don't know, there's a lot of new right-wing channels. The hotel I'm staying at, there's there's so many new ones. Newsmax has a 24-hour channel, and what is it, is it One America or something? OAN? Yeah, OAN, yeah, I was watching it yesterday. That's true. I was like, maybe they're the friends of Fox and Friends, you know. I always wonder, I always watch Fox and Friends, I'm like, who are the friends, exactly? I know who Fox is. Because all those people are employees. Yeah, I don't see the friends. Yeah. I think That'd be not- cool if there was a crossover with the actual show Friends. And, and like, <laughs> That's like why we someone, thought it was. Someone can web that together. And like, like, let's have Fox and Friends, you know? Let's Ross! Have, let's have yeah. Steve Ducey dating uh, somebody on that show. They, but they need the revenue. 
revenue. I mean, if they're going to keep on paying out, like everyone who accuses their their hosts oh. of, of sexual assault and they have to silence them, thirty-two million dollars for true. Bill O'Reilly, man. You need the money. I get it, Fox. Um, but I actually thought that this was a pretty effective ad. I mean, he's calm. Uh, he is those blue eyes, those like steel blue eyes, <laughs> staring at you as the yeah. camera just slowly pans in. I thought it was effective. I just thought that the messaging could have been a little different. I think it could have just been like, Donald, seek therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we know you need help. We want to help you. Step down, buddy. You can <laughs> golf every day. Uh, you can do that. <laughs> so. Um, my, I want to get Tom Steyer's message too, but first, I like Trump's message. Steyer never wins elections. Good reason for that. Never run for one. Yeah, over O. Okay, I assume that he means the money that he puts into elections. Yeah, and of course that's not true either. He's won, he's lost based on who he's funded. Anyway, so. I think that the Steyer ad is, is smart in a lot of different ways. Uh, they, uh, they're going to rally everybody to their own side. It was smart to run it on Fox mm-hmm. and Friends to get under Trump's skin, who is, they, they know cannot help himself and yeah. will give you free publicity. Which is a tactic John Oliver's used a couple of times. He's run ads on Fox yeah. and Friends. Yes. And so really well played. Uh, I think it was super smart. Uh, they're going to get a lot of people on their side. side. And you know, and Steyer uh, is very wealthy, he's a billionaire, uh, he's a progressive. And he's not looking to take the money that he uses and create benefits for himself like tax cuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not arguing for that, right? And so it's not out of self-interest, except for the fact that it, the main money that he spends is to try to uh, fight against climate change. So I guess he's got a conflict of interest because he'd like to stay alive. He's got an All agenda. Right, okay. yep. And he wants his kids and grandkids to have a planet. Can I play devil's advocate for just a second? Yeah. Like I, I, I agree with basically what what they said there, and certainly he's he's free to, if he wants to pay for an ad. You can pay for an ad, I guess. It happens all the time. Corporations do it. Uh, so, but it does make me a little bit uncomfortable that we have this class of people, and some of them are progressives and pro environment and all that, who are so wealthy that they can unilaterally just produce these political ads. And like, I don't know that anything he said there was inaccurate, so maybe this isn't a good example for me to criticize, and I'm glad that Fox ran it. But it is still just more advertising coming from the direct point of view of a billionaire. Like, I agree with this one, but yeah. that they can just, like, they could buy out all the ads sure. if they the want. The country is billionaire versus billionaire yeah. versus billionaire. We just have to hope that the right billionaire wins, well, and that's a shitty position to be in. Because of that subtitle in that commercial, we, we know he's an American citizen, so. <laughs> Well, that was my favorite part. Yeah. American <laughs> citizen. I just love that. Yeah. So <laughs> like, just in okay. case you're worried, yeah, we'll can relax. All right. Well, look, this uh, be balanced here, and uh, I'll join the fray of uh, you know slight criticisms here. Uh, one is uh, American citizen looked really goofy. Totally yes. agree. <laughs> like, come on, dude. We. I mean, you could have wrote written Homo sapien. Yeah. Right, like human being. <laughs> we know, we know, we know. Uh, it's like a way of saying not billionaire, not running for office. Okay, but <laughs> let's keep it real. One day, Tom Steyer might run for office. Okay, mm. and he is a billionaire. Mm. I don't have any problem with billionaires doing the right thing. I love it. That's wonderful. Uh, he should give money to Wolfpack. He can't give money to Justice Democrats because they don't take uh, big donations like that. But he, but Wolfpack does. Go ahead. Is this um, part of the too, <laughs> too strong, too strenuous? <laughs> no, okay, no, okay, it's okay, got okay. Nothing to do with that. Okay. And look. And if he's going to run for office, and, and a lot of people sign that petition, that's probably a good move too. I get it. Uh, so, 
Look, overall, there's not that many people doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. Yeah. I'll take it and run. I agree. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it's okay to put his message out. Um, and if he wants to spend all whatever he has, one point whatever billion, on doing great things, including in the media, including buying ads, I think that's actually lovely. Yeah. I just want to prevent uh, even good guy billionaires, like to John's point, of being able to buy elections. Yeah. Right. You know, and so and that's different. Here, he's not right now. There is no election. Yeah. He's he's not trying it's to influence issue advocacy. It, it is. Right. It is actual issue yeah. advocacy as opposed to, hey, vote for X and don't vote for Y, yeah. which yeah. I think is is definitely different. And he should. My only last tiny criticism is speak up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little too whispery. No, I like I'm, that. I'm glad you he like brought up. More yeah. ominous. Okay. I'm glad he brought up the, uh, you know, the criticism of Trump's, uh, you know, irresponsibility in dealing with North Korea, and the, you know, the threat of nuclear war. It's yeah. like, because to me it seems like there's there's almost no anti-war movement going on. Yeah. You know, people talk about all different issues, but. When it comes to war, it's like almost nothing going on. And yeah. just painting Kim Jong-un as, oh, he's the evil, he's the evil crazy one. It's yeah. like, we're the only country to ever use nukes on anybody. And, you know, we, and we did it twice. You yeah. know, and now they're already talking about tactical nukes, you know, these little nukes. More usable do. ones. Yeah, just, you know, they won't cause much damage. Just yeah. tactical <laughs> nukes. You know. yeah. Trump's, so yeah, Trump's it's, talking it's about terrifying, that. you know. Well, and and so I'm glad he threw that in there because it seems true. like that's not even in the conversation these days. Hopefully, if you scare people enough about the threat of nuclear war in this one particular instance, you can then build on that, that we shouldn't just get out of this situation. We should get out of the like decades-long situation yes. where multiple people have access to enough weaponry to destroy the entire world. Let's not have that situation. Even if Donald Trump's not there, even if it's Barack Obama or someone who seems sane even, maybe they shouldn't have the capacity to kill every human that is, exists. Well, last thing is to just to double down on what Judah and John are saying. I, what, what I'm most concerned about when it comes to Trump is his mental stability in regards to North Korea particularly. And so, you know, impeachments, that's fine and it's a good strategy that, that they're pursuing. Uh, I think the 25th Amendment actually it should be incredibly rare, but this might be a rare instance where we should consider using it. Uh, and, and we even have a, a petition on that or a poll on that, tytnetwork.com slash 25th, because that he might not be stable enough uh, to be president of the United States. And I think he's a literal danger to the world. And I'm not the only one saying that now. Now you have Republican senators like Bob Corker and Jeff Flake and John McCain and former presidents like Obama, but also George W. Bush yeah. coming out and making speeches about yeah. how watch out, he's not stable. And, yeah. and this and is coming from George W. Bush. Yeah, so I just go think away, he knows go that go world. Away, <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Anyway, just for context, one final point in terms of whether the public might actually take to this message from Sarah right there. Uh, public policy polling in this month actually found that 48% of the public support impeaching Trump, while 43% oppose. The group notes that this is the fifth month in a row we find voters in support of impeachment. If you like the Young Turks, you'll love Young Turks. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash G Wilder or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. 
And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, there's always more to come on the George Wilder Jr. Show. This show is all about making the world a place. Hey, but we need your help. <laughs> As you can see, it's in a mess. It's a mess. It's a total mess. But we together can make the world a better place. We can make America better. Just as I was discussing with Rocky Romanella, uh, use use yourself to make the world better. You know. All right. Okay, Mueller moves send message to other potential targets beware i'm coming this is this is what Mueller sends to other people in the trump administration beware i'm coming so uh the arrest uh monday uh of manafort and his campaign manager uh just a drop in the bucket. There's more to come. There is more to come. So I'm pretty sure Donald Trump and the and his goons in the White House, they're still crapping in their pants because they don't know where the next foot is going to drop. But they do know that they are guilty. <laughs> they are guilty. And it's just bringing and taking America down more and more and more as Trump lies to try to get out of this as the people around him that he sends out on uh, on television and on the um, cable circuit lying through their teeth uh, racist. I mean did anybody see or hear Roger Stone a former a former um, um, I, I believe campaign manager or a former uh individual uh, involved in Team Trump. I mean, this guy was so racist. He's just a racist, and he doesn't give a damn. He hates everybody, <laughs> especially journalists, right? And uh, the guy lies through his teeth just like everybody else around Trump, and uh, it's awful. Okay. The George Wilder Jr. show is now, is George Papadopoulos the real case bombshell here? Because he's the one, this guy is the one who admitted to the FBI that he lied about meeting with people, with re, meeting with um, people involved with Russia. He said he lied. So that might be the real shell, not Ma- not Paul Manafort. This guy may be the real. If you following following this, what I'm talking about. Okay, is this the bombshell on indictment day? While the initial announcement indictment against President Trump's former campaign manager Paul Manafort and his associate Rick Gates dominate the news early Monday morning, the allegations did not go directly to the question of whether Trump's campaign concluded, colluded, excuse me, colluded with the Russians who 
wanted to tip the 2016 election to Trump. And a lot of these uh, federal agencies, they did. They did, even though Trump is denying them. Trump thinks he knows more than his lawyers. He thinks he knows more than people who have 20 years of experience in a certain area. He thinks he knows. All right, but the second case filed was made public. We're talking about Papanopoulos, okay? A guilty plea. Let's see what they're saying here. Okay, uh, here's a quote. I think absolutely that Papadopoulos plea, never heard of him, but, you know, part of the Trump campaign. He was the White House staff. So I'm quoting here. I think absolute announcement and his all key. Whenever you come up a plea, that means you're going to give the FBI some more information because you don't want to go to jail or spend your So you cop up a plea and you Tell them everything they want to know. Okay, his cooperation agreement with the government is a more is a more significant development than Manafort's charges, at least at in the short run, said Samuel W. Buell, a Duke law professor. Okay, we all know that. We all know that. I mean, even Manafort. I mean, he doesn't want to spend uh, twenty or thirty years behind bars. He's gonna tell every everything he knows. He doesn't want to go to the slammer all by himself. He's going to take Trump and, and, the, and the other thugs in the White House down with him, you know. So uh, Manafort allegations have to do with Manafort's own legal violations in connection with his work in the Ukraine. The Papadopoulos allegations directly involve Trump campaigns dealing with Russia. This now shows that the special counsel has a witness who's prepared to testify about that. Ooh, ooh. This is going to get more muddier as it goes along. Papadopoulos repeatedly tried to arrange a meeting between the Trump campaign and Russia government officials' court records shows. Attempts to reach Papanopoulos were not successful. His lawyer said Monday in a statement, it is in the best interest of our client that we refrain from commenting on George's case. This may be what takes Donald Trump down. And I hope if it takes Donald Trump down that Mike Pence and Paul Ryan are also in handcuffs and undo this election and sit Hillary in the in, in the White House. I don't think there should be a full out, you know, an outright do over of the election. I mean, they cheated. They 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 um, lied their way into office, conned their way into office, asked Russia to mess with the elections. I mean, Donald Trump is on tape saying Russia. <laughs> He's on tape at one of his rallies, one of his rallies last year, 2016, asking Russia to do just what they've done. I mean, go back and look at some of these rallies, I mean, where he is praising Russia. 
where he is asking Russia for this or that, saying that he's going to give Russia uh, uh, scoops on journalists or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, I have to take a look at it, but there's no doubt about it. He was praising Russia. Man, and uh, this Papadopoulos, George Papadopoulos, uh, maybe the straw that breaks the camel's back. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, and we're talking, <laughs> we're talking Donald Trump. We're talking the indictments. We're in talk. We're talking uh, uh, what the future holds for more indictments. And it's coming. More indictments are coming. I'm pretty sure that Bob Mueller, Mueller and his team, they know a lot more than we do. We just have to wait until it all is out, just like it came out today, Monday. Okay, if you're podcasting this show uh, later, you'll know that this is the day that uh, these guys got their asses handed to them. And um, there's going to be more people getting their butts handed to them. And it, 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 it's just going to happen because we have thugs in the White House. Hey, now, we were just talking about that shocking phone call from the new guy to a fallen soldier's widow. And joining us live right now is the Florida congresswoman who witnessed the call. Please welcome Congresswoman Frederica Wilson. Hey. <laughs> Congresswoman, so you were in. You, you say you were in the car. Uh, the new guy in the office says he has proof of what he says. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened taken away, but we have to get out here and fight the good fight, you know, and it has to be done, folks, it has to be in a non-violent way, we know how to do things non-violently, so let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. John Kelly put his reputation on the line for this president when he attacked Congresswoman Frederica Wilson with multiple entirely false statements. And now the White House is doubling down. Back with me, Rick Wilson, Keith Boykin, Anna Navarro, and Jason Miller. Uh, Keith, I want to bring you in. You didn't get to speak last time. Listen, I'm wondering, has this changed your opinion or, or anything you thought about General Kelly at all this week? Well, General Kelly was perceived to be one of the adults in the room, you know, along with General Mattis. 
uh, and uh, Rex Tillerson, the three people who uh, I think James, who uh, Congressman uh, Senator Corker said were keeping us away from chaos in this administration. And uh, the fact that General Kelly would put his reputation on the line in defense of a lie uh, to support President Trump, I think is very disturbing. It suggests the way that Donald Trump corrupts all those around him. I mean, you think about all the people who are around him, people like Rex Tillerson and others, they've also been caught or ensnared in some sort of controversy because of Trump. Tillerson and the whole controversy about whether he called Trump a moron, the Attorney General Jeff Sessions uh, being berated by, uh, by Donald Trump, and even Mike Pence being mocked by Donald Trump about his religion. And so it, it just goes to show you the reason why we're having this conversation, with all due respect to all the other guests here is because of one person, Donald Trump. He failed to address this issue, the, the death of the four soldiers in Niger for 12 days. Many people were asking questions about it. I was asking about this just last week when I was on your show, Don, and no one, was provided, no one was providing answers about it. And then when he is finally asked a question, he turns it into a competition between himself and President Obama and previous presidents. It's just unbecoming of the office of the presidency, and we would expect yeah, more from our commander-in-chief. Hey, Rick, um, you said that General Kelly yeah, began his role as chief of staff with the best intentions, but today he has become another prop in the Trump show. You said that. But I'm wondering... If this is kind of the reason you say everything the president touches dies, and you cite a list of people, which includes John Kelly, Sean Spicer, Jeff Sessions, H.R. McMaster, Anthony Scaramucci, et cetera. Sure. Well, I mean, we started working on a documentary about this, and the list kept, keeps getting longer and longer. And, and, and the, everyone that's around Donald Trump ends up in some position where they either are compromised by his behavior or their behavior changes to sort of match the sort of things Donald Trump does. And, and it's also about policy things. Look, this is a guy, the big old trophy wall of legislative accomplishments in the White House is pretty bare right now because every, every legislative priority he's put his hands on has fallen apart. You know, he tried initially with Trump Care, it fell apart. He's trying with the tax reform plan, it's falling apart. Donald Trump doesn't have things he can really go out and say. You know, Gorsuch is a great single accomplishment, but that was Mitch McConnell's pick and, and, and the Federal Society's pick. But everything else he does falls apart. This is a guy with very few accomplishments, and executive orders are very ephemeral. They're very transitory. They can be wiped away with the stroke of a pen. And so right now, yeah, the, the, the president exactly. is relying on, on the stock market uh, rising to sustain his, his, his public approval numbers, but everything else he touches dies. It, 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 like I said, we started working on this documentary. We thought, oh, we'll make a 90-minute piece. Well, there's enough material now for, for a trilogy, practically. It just never stops. Everyone in the White House eventually you know, falls victim to this curse. Yeah. In, in this speech yesterday, in his speech yesterday, the former president, George W. Bush, offered a point-by-point -point takedown of Trumpisms, right? The White House says that the comments had nothing to do with President Trump. Watch this. Our understanding is that those comments were not directed towards the president. Uh, and in fact, when these two individuals, both past presidents, have criticized the president, they've done so by name uh, and very rarely do it without being pretty direct, as both of them tend to be. So we'll take them at their word that these actions and comments weren't directed towards the president. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jason. That is what you call, that is what you call playing some. I would have, I mean, Jason, when you, I, I, I would have heard that, did you have if any? You're up. Go ahead. If that, that is, if that is so I would have understanding, then she I'm has no understanding. <laughs> did you have any right, doubt so, who, who Don, I would have given, yeah, 
I would have given a little bit of a different answer. I would have said, well, thank you, President Bush and President Obama for giving us $20 trillion uh, in debt and leaving uh, a whole big mess for President Trump to come in and clean up. Uh, but look, uh, I think seeing as both President uh, Obama and President Bush criticized President Trump really kind of reminds people that the president not only did he defeat the Democratic establishment uh, last year in the general election, but he also defeated the Republican establishment in the primaries and taken on Washington. <laughs> Yeah, but Jason, their, critique of, their yeah. critique of him wasn't electoral. Their critique of him wasn't electoral or political. Their critique of him was about American values. Their critique of him was about the sort of things that has surrounded the Trump administration from the very beginning, and the kinds of things, the conspiracy theories, the bigotry, the disgusting rhetoric, the, the hostility towards towards people that that you know aren't fellow billionaires of, like Donald Trump. Their critique of him was about the, the tone and character of this administration. It wasn't about an ideological thing or a rhetorical thing. This was about the way Donald Trump governs as a man, as a human. And, and those things, I believe, you, George W. Bush and Barack Obama are a billion human. miles apart ideologically, but I think they were on the same sheet of music about the, the sort of soul of American uh, public life and Donald Trump falls very short of that test. And you can, and look, I was, I was tough on Barack Obama every day he was president. And I praised George W. Bush very frequently, even when it was tough as a Republican. But those two guys, they hit a ground here that's above politics. It's different from what we, we've expected from ex-presidents, where they were sending a very clear signal that this guy is a, is a moral vacuum around him that is not good for this no, country. That's, uh, no, I mean, look, here's, uh, it's, changing Washington is going to be hard. And so, of course, you're going to get the uh, folks from both parties that are going to go and start taking shots at you. All uh, right. Good for President Trump to go and, and hit it right here. Thank you all. Thank everybody. All right. There is something going on. I wanted to say that CNN... Something. All right. CNN special report on Russia and on the Russia investigation tonight at 10 Central. So we're all going to uh, be looking out for that because uh, this is going to be more and more that's coming in this Russia investigation. Okay. CNN special report on Russia investigation tonight, 10 Central. Okay. So if you're podcasting this show <laughs> days later, then you'll know that this is a Monday show, okay? This is a Monday show. So I don't want people saying, well, George, we 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 looked for CNN a special investigation, but it wasn't on. Yeah, because you probably Tuesday after the episode of the show <laughs> is now podcasted. But anyway, tonight, uh, I'm speaking live, all right? It's not a podcast. I'm speaking live. Uh it says here that CNN, Russia Investigation Central, obviously this could be some more shoes dropping, some more people going to jail, being pulled up out of the offices and dragged in the, dragged into court in handcuffs. All right, you've been listening to the George Show. Um, follow me on Facebook. Follow me all over the place. You know, it's a very nice day in Chicago. It feels great weather about the weather here, but I hope wherever you are that uh, the weather is just great, just great, just wonderful, and you're having a great time. But make sure that you follow what's going on in the world. I mean, especially in America, if, especially if you are an American. I mean, you, you owe it to yourself to follow what's going on in the world, in your country. You know, you you owe it to yourself. So um, uh, keep, keep following what's going on and, and pay attention and Get involved. 
because this is your country that they're trying to ruin and take away from you. As I've said so many times before, Donald Trump has a, has a war going on, and his war is with the American people. Internet Radio, I, I, I hope you guys join me. Thank you.